you thought Sean Dollars was leaving, I thought Sean Dollars was leaving, but he just pulled a fast one on it. Sean Dollars is staying with the Ducks, Trey Benson is in the portal, plus what should Oregon fans think about Georgia winning the national championship? We get to all of it, here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you for making this your first listen every weekday. Remember to like and subscribe. Leave a five-star review wherever you listen. And if you want to drop a nice comment, always appreciate that. Always makes my day to know that you are enjoying the show because I love doing the show. And I want you to enjoy it. And as I've said from the very beginning, the show is for you, the fan. And the show is also brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system for growing businesses to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end of your financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com slash NCAA. So I will be fully honest with you, as I've said, I will always be on this show. I'm not controlled by a producer, so I just get to come on here, talk about the Ducks, and say basically whatever I want. And I I do take time. I do my research, all that sort of stuff. I'm not just winging it. But I tell you what, (laughs) I just had something funny happen. You will get a laugh at my expense. So on yesterday's show, I talked about how, you know, I'm going to get to Sean Dollars on today's podcast because yesterday in a one-hour span, he was in the portal out of the portal, and then back in. So I wanted to give him a night to sleep on it and make sure that he was really going to be in the portal. And then I came and I sat down here at 1025 Mountain Time, where I live at night, recorded the podcast. That's when I finished recording. And when I was recording, he was still in the portal. And then Right as I'm starting to do all of the production stuff to upload this episode, I decide, you know what, why don't I check Twitter to see if there are any other mailbag questions for tomorrow's show or see what's happening with the Oregon Ducks. And what do I see on Twitter but Sean Dollars announcing that he is staying at the University of Oregon after speaking with head coach Dan Lanning. So... This is a re-recording of the segment because I put together all these takes and an entire rundown for an opening segment about, you know, what Sean Dollar's leaving means for the Ducks and the running back room come 2022. And (laughs) you can't make this stuff up. I mean, if I had not gone on there, I would have uploaded this episode, woke up in the morning the episode would have already gone out as scheduled, and then I would have had to re-record and take it all back. And, oh, well, anyway, so I caught that. Let's get into it, shall we? Trey Benson is in the transfer portal. With how things have been going, that might change by the time I wake up. But, you know, we'll just assume that that's going to be the case for now. I just, I can't, I can't get over this. I, I waited until today. I waited... To, for the entire day to end, I recorded this is the last thing I do before I go to bed, and then all of a sudden, 
he's not in the portal. He's staying with the Ducks, which is great. It's a continuation of a positive trend I've talked about on this show over the last couple of weeks. I seriously just can't stop laughing at that. But so Trey Benson, a former four-star running back, kind of a bigger guy, more of the Royce Freeman model. He is in the transfer portal as I am recording this. Who knows what's going to happen? But losing a guy like Benson is sort of to be expected. And he never had a carry for the Ducks. He was injured in 2020, didn't see the field this year, even with the injury to CJ Verdell, you know, and the injury to Sean Dollars. That's why we didn't see Dollars at all this year, because Dollars in the Pac-12 championship game in 2020 he showed a burst. I mean, his acceleration is quick. And he is he's hes a different sort of back than Verdell or Die or Byron Cardwell. I think they're all different. And that's a good thing because you want to have more than one type of guy to be able to hand the ball to. Because depending on you know what the defense is showing or who's got the hot hand or what the defense is able to handle or what sort of running plays are working, you want to have a bunch of different guys that you can go to, and it looks like for 2022, Sean Dollars is going to be on the roster for the University of Oregon. Now, before, when I thought that Benson and Dollars were leaving, I thought it would be a lock, almost, you know, a, a pretty sure deal that both Travis Dye and CJ Verdell were going to come back for their final year of eligibility. Now, both of them, I believe, are testing the waters on the NFL and seeing whether or not their prospects are good or whether or not they could be improved by another year in college. I think that you know both guys are really talented, and as I've talked about on this show, really underrated. Uh, when you look at the all-time running backs at the University of Oregon, they're tremendously productive. Dies over 3,000 career yards. He's the fifth duck to do that. And Verdell, if he comes back, he will get over 3,000 yards in probably the first game that he plays. And, you know, I, I like both of them. They do a lot of good things, but it doesn't mean that I don't like being able to keep a guy like Sean Dollars around. And when I thought Dollars and Benson were leaving, I thought both Dye and Verdell would stay. Dollars staying, it, it leads me to believe either one of two things. Either that Dan Lanning is able to really sell guys on his vision already for the University of Oregon at an insane level and get them to stay committed to being in Eugene or Lanning or or another coach perhaps I mean Dollars tweeted that his conversation was with Dan Lanning so we'll just assume it was only him or Lanning hinted that either Die or Verdell could be leaving and either way I've talked about the depth the Oregon running back room has before either way whether one guy leaves or heck even if both guys leave I, I think the Oregon running back room is seriously going to be fine. I, I truly, truly feel that way because all of these guys have shown a propensity to play at a high level, right? I mean, Dollars, his ability to bounce outside, and I think he's you know got a sneaky amount of strength in there as well. But in the Pac-12 championship game, he had 52 yards on seven carries. In the limited action he's seen in his college career, he's averaging almost six yards a carry. And Byron Cardwell, we've seen what he can do. We know what Verdell and Travis Dye are capable of. They're tremendously talented guys, and I'll keep talking about them. But first, this is it. It's the putt to win the tournament, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? 
poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. It's the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program. For those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com locked, head to netsuite.com locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. netsuite.com locked. So the talent in this running back room, I think, is immense. And dollars staying lessens, I think, the possibility and the need, really, that Oregon would go into the transfer portal for a running back. Because let's say, just in a hypothetical scenario, you know, we know Benson is leaving, but let's say C.J. Everdell decides to go to the NFL and Travis Dye comes back to college, which if one leaves and one stays, that seems more likely to me. I don't know that either of them are capable of being the sort of bell cow backs that you know can be the feature guy in an NFL offense, but are both capable for different reasons of playing in the NFL? Yeah, I, I think so. Verdell is a bigger body. That's why I think he projects more as, as a pro. But when you look at the, the depth that Oregon's got here, I really think they can be fine either way because let's say they both stay, right? Then you have C.J. Verdell and Travis Dye, who are two of the most productive backs in the history of the University of Oregon. And then you have Cardwell and Dollars, who are explosive young guys waiting in the wings. And then Seven McGill, you know, maybe get some spot carries, but mostly will, I think, do a lot of his damage out of the slot this year, right? But he'll take some jet sweeps. I want him to get the ball in space. I also want Seven McGee here lobbying for it again. I want him to be a punt and kick returner. Just get the guy the ball in space. I think that's a good situation, but let's say Verdell goes to the NFL, and you have Travis Dye with Byron Cardwell behind him, and then Sean Dollars as the number three, and maybe Seven McGee as the number four running back. I also think that that room is fine, and I think that it that it's got enough depth to be able to survive an injury as it did this year, right? Coming into the season, it was Verdell one, Dye two, I think Dollars really was three, and Cardwell was four, but Dollars and Verdell both went down. And we saw what Travis Dye and Byron Caldwell Jr. are able to do. So I really think that no matter what happens here, right, the scenarios are different. They're worth discussing. You know, what are the advantages and disadvantages? You know, a guy like C.J. Riddell is probably a little bit better in pass protection than, than Travis Dye just because of his size. And, you know, we'll see what dollars can do in that front. But I, I think there's just talent depth and versatility in Oregon's running back room and I think going into 2022 there's a lot of different ways this running back room could look but I think that either way they project to be just fine coming into this fall. Speaking of 2022 I can't wait for football season you know I mean I love the national championship game it was a lot of fun it was a great game and, you know, it was a little slow moving in the first half, but I, I'm just rooting for a close game. I don't really care what it looks like. And that was a really, really exciting national championship game, I think. And, you know, sometimes they're duds. You know, I was at the uh, the Bama beatdown in 2018, and it was a close game at the half. And then Trevor Lawrence and Clemson just laid it on him in the second half. And all of a sudden, it was, uh, it was, it was kind of a blowout. So, you know, I feel good for Georgia, and I think there's a couple takeaways for Oregon fans watching Georgia win the national championship. First of all, knowing that our head coach just won a national championship and beat Nick Saban and 
you know, Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator who had been a head coach in the NFL. It, it, it feels fun, doesn't it? I, I mean, doesn't it feel pretty good to, you know, have your coach coming in with national championship pedigree? I was going to feel good about Dan Lanning, even if they lost that game. But that Georgia defense, man, they're flying around. I mean, th- those are those are some well-coached, hard-playing, big-time physical athletes and they showed up in a big way, holding Alabama to field goals in the first half. They picked off Bryce Young not once but twice. It was the first time that the Heisman Trophy winner threw multiple interceptions in, in 2021 and now 2022. But in this season, it's the first time he did that, I believe. They did a lot of things well. And look, it doesn't give anything to our program. I saw this hilarious Photoshop meme of it was Autzen Stadium, and then they photoshopped in a banner right next to it of Georgia 2021 national champions because that's kind of how we feel as Duck fans right now. And I thought that was pretty humorous. And so it doesn't give us anything per se, but it sure is a reason to feel excited. You know, when we get to the big games, knowing that Lanning has not just been there before and had big game experience, but won those sorts of games. And by the way, Tosh Lupoy. Same sort of thing, right? Because he was the defensive coordinator at Alabama for a couple of years, won a national championship, went to another one. I mean, having guys with big game experience and knowing what it takes coming from the SEC to get to a national championship, that's what I want for the University of Oregon. I think that that should have Duck fans feeling really, really good. And also, by the way, I don't know how many of you are kind of superstitious out there or look for these weird little moments in sports that make you feel good for random reasons. But the last defensive coordinator to win a national championship and then get hired as a head coach at a good college football program that was not an SEC school was Dave Aranda. And Dave Aranda just won a program record 12 games at Baylor, including the Sugar Bowl against Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, who unfortunately had Matt Corral go down in that game. It was still a great game, but Dave Aranda, by the way, beat Lincoln Riley. That dude knows how to coach. If you can go to Baylor and you beat Lincoln Riley when he was at Oklahoma, or you beat Lincoln Riley wherever he is because all he does in college football is win games, you know how to coach. Dave Aranda, great coach. So maybe that's a good omen for the Ducks is that that defensive coordinator, Dan Lanning, of course, won a national championship. And if he comes to Oregon in his first year and has a 12-win season, even after the you know counting the bowl season and whatnot, I think Oregon fans would feel pretty good about that, and they would have to. We hired another guy from the Alabama staff. I will tell you who that is and what that means for the Oregon Ducks. But first, I have to tell you that Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot. For all the best sports wagering action for 2022, new year, new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, and other sports to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. And if you are someone who buys gasoline, you have to know about Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code SCORE and get a bonus 
25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump any anymore. Use get upside. Download the app, promo code score, up to 50 cents a gallon back on your first tank, and there's no catch. People who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month with get upside. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card, Amazon, or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE. And many thanks to all our sponsors who make this show possible. So another addition to the Dan Lanning staff is a guy by the name of Jake Long, who was an analyst on Nick Saban's staff up through this year. And he's another guy who comes from the SEC, and he's coming from Alabama, and the staff of Nick Saban and that's never a bad thing because I don't know if you've noticed, but Nick Saban just lost in the national championship game because he was there again and Alabama fans are disappointed. That's, you know, that's the sort of guy who generally you want to get as much of that juice, shall you say, or you want to <laughs> breathe the same air as that guy. I'm never opposed to that because he is uh, the greatest college football coach of all time, and I, I I don't know that it's particularly close, and he doesn't really appear to be slowing down. It's pretty remarkable because he's not a young guy. I'm pretty sure he's like seventy years old. Dude looks great, sounds great, and it, it, th this hire uh, of Jake Long just kind of brought to mind uh, a question I I asked myself and will now answer here on the show. My own mailbag. I'll get to other people's mailbag questions tomorrow, and if you want to be a part of that in the future show, remember. Hashtag ask LOD pod or hit me up on Twitter right into the direct messages at smalls underscore 55. But well, the question I've asked myself with, you know, sort of the SEC DNA coming over and Dan Lanning and, you know, Tosh Lupoy and, and other people who have been on SEC staffs before is can you build an SEC team in the Northwest? And I think it's a fascinating question. And what we've seen over the last several years in college football is. The only teams that have won a national championship are teams that are built that way. And, you know, Ohio State has gotten there, and I think they've built it a different way, right? They're sort of um, in that Urban Meyer mold because Ryan Day was his offensive coordinator, of course, and I think Ryan Day is a, a really smart coach. Learned under Chip Kelly, by the way, when he was in the NFL. And Day knows how to coach offense, and Ohio State, you know, has a physical component, but they do it a little bit differently. And when you bring in a guy like Dan Lanning and you look at the staff he's putting together, I think it's pretty clear he's going to try to build what they just had at Georgia, which resulted in a national championship. And so the question, can you build an SEC team in the Northwest? You have to at least try, right? I mean, I don't think we've seen a team do it at the level that allows for the highest potential of winning, right? But I think Mario Cristobal was laying the foundation trying to do that because remember he was on Nick Saban's staff for a while and he has you know roots in the south and now of course is over at, at Miami where he graduated from but I think Mario Cristobal was starting to do that but was missing a couple components when it came to game management and you know maybe some some offensive elements as well as uh, a, a little bit of a longer conversation but I think Dan Lanning is going to try to do that, right? He's, we're going to focus on the defensive side of the ball because he's a defensive head coach. 
They're going to recruit at a high level or the highest level that they possibly can. That's what he is clearly trying to do with with all these hires on the staff, right? Is you know the the word out on a lot of them is yeah he's a great recruiter, right? Because when I think of Ryan Day, I think of yeah he's a good recruiter. Or if I think of Chip Kelly, I think like yeah he he can recruit some guys, but I think of them as scheme guys first. And a lot of the guys that Lanning's put on staff are are known as great recruiters. And can you build a full SEC style team in the Northwest? Yeah, you you could. It's probably a lot harder than doing it in the South because you don't have the the pool of talent to draw from right in that state, right? I mean, Oregon's biggest recruits are going to come from outside the state of Oregon. So will they be able to build a team like what we saw at Georgia this year? Yeah, maybe, right? But even if you can get to 90% of that, you might be able to be better in some areas where Georgia struggled at times, right? Like, you might be able to get more production out of the quarterback than what you saw from Stetson Bennett this year, and Bennett was good enough to win a national championship. That's another thing that should have Oregon fans feeling good, is if Stetson Bennett can win a national championship, I'm not taking a shot at the guy, I'm just saying when I watch him play quarterback, and you look at him as a recruit, like he's not some, some big five-star, he's a former walk-on, right? He was, he was playing at junior college, they were talking about his story, and it's awesome, and I loved all that, but... You don't necessarily have to have a Heisman-winning quarterback to get to a national championship game, right? The way that Oregon did with Mariota, I think that the team before had a really good quarterback in Darren Thomas that got to a national championship game, but their scheme was just so good, and they ran it so well that they were able to beat everybody and ultimately you know, come up just a little bit short against Auburn. So there's more than one way to get the job done, and I think that that's something else Oregon fans have to consider, right? Because if Bo Nix ends up being the starting quarterback, and he's, you know, basically what he was at Auburn for the last couple of years, I don't think that Bo Nix is worse or or any better than Stetson Bennett, right? So as long as you're able to have the other elements in place on the team, and I think Dan Lanning is going to be able to, you know, at least get to 85, 90% of of what they built down there at Georgia, I think that gives you a really good shot to win at a high level and you know, hopefully one day get to a national championship game. But that's all for today. I will be back tomorrow. I appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and go Ducks.